This is The Bible in Depth with PJ. Join us as we take a deeper look into scriptures and study the Word of God together. Now here is Pastor Jim. Hello everybody, we're back. It's Wednesday and we're here to teach you the Bible. And uh, I'm just glad you're joining me, whether live right now on Facebook, of course at archives, and you can watch it later on Facebook, our church page. You can also get on the YouTube channel, NBCC Norco YouTube, anytime during the week after this, and you can download it as a podcast. My heart is that you learn the Word of God because we live in a time, well, any time, but the way I look around and see things is that we really need to know what's true because there's so many falsities being uh, projected upon us by different outlets and different things. So we're in Colossians. This is our second week, and I really like this letter of Colossians. Of course, you know me. I like all letters in the Bible. It's, it's just fascinating to me. But this this uh, church at Colossians and Colossae, uh, as I said last week very briefly, it's a small place now. It used to be a big city. The road changed, and obviously it took traffic away from it. And it happens also in America where a road changes. They move the freeway or they build a freeway miles down the road. Now the traffic doesn't go to the city. You lose business. That's what's happened to them. And so what's going on in this little place is they have a church there, a group of believers, but false teaching has come in. Specifically Gnosticism, which is, means to know, but these people said they were in the know and the secret things of God that nobody else knew. So they're coming in trying to be something that they're not. So Paul writes uh, in combating these things because a man named Epaphras was worried about these false teachers coming in. So we're going to pick up in verse 9. The first thing I want to tell you is this. We need to be filled with the right stuff. That's the first thing Paul is going to say. We need to be filled with the right stuff. Watch what verse 9 says. Chapter 1 of Colossians. For this reason also, since the day we heard of it, we have not ceased to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Now, first things first, as we go through this, Paul says that he's praying for them. Why is he praying for them? Because false teachers have invaded, and he's praying that they stay on the right course. He's praying for their protection, because we'd read later on or earlier in the book of Acts that Paul says, savage wolves come in, not sparing the flock, and he's a good shepherd. He wants to make sure the truth, the real truth is being shared. He says that you may be filled. That's an interesting phrase. And the word filled is the idea of taking an empty ship and filling it to the brim with cargo. To the brim with cargo. Mm. That's when the ship is ready for voyage because it's, it's full. Now, the question is, what am I to be filled with? He says knowledge. Mm. Literally means full knowledge. In other words, he is praying that you and I would fill our lives with the true knowledge of God through God's Word. Let me tell you one application of that. That means there's always more and more to learn from God's Word. Always. You can never say, I can never say I've arrived and I've learned it all. No, no, uh-uh. Let me tell you. I love the scriptures. I just, I just love the Bible. I never, ever get tired of reading it. You know why? Not because of me. Because it's alive. These words are living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. They pierce to the division of soul and spirit. They, look, people, when Christians say, well, God doesn't speak to me. <laughs> I guess you're not reading the Word of God. Because when I read that thing, it's speaking to me all over the place. 
it keeps my head clear in an unclear world. Now, I've been studying this thing and reading this thing for 42 years of my life, coming this September. Before that, I only read the sports page. I didn't want to read anything else. And, and I love this word. For 40 years, I've loved this word. Here's what gets me, and here's what I enjoy so much. One of the aspects I enjoy. I can read a passage 500 times over the last 42 years. 500 times? Yeah, 500 times. And I can read it 501 times and something new jumps out of that passage. Or I can read a commentary or listen to a scholar and they'll bring out something that, man, I never saw that before. That kind of stuff jazzes me up. It's like, why? I never saw that. So with that said, none of us can ever say we've arrived. We're a cargo ship being filled up and filled up and filled up with cargo. That's his prayer. Friends, read the Bible. Be taught the Bible. Quit being, that way you're not um, susceptible to the lies out there. And no matter what generation, no matter what your time, there are lies out there. Now, <clears throat> Paul's writing the letter to combat the lies that these people, the Gnostics, have arrived in their knowledge of God. They haven't. They're liars. And Paul, Paul's going after them. Now, I have a question, uh, an example, I should say. Why don't some Christians read God's Word? I mean, we profess, I'm a follower of Christ. But you don't read it. You don't read it hardly ever. Let me, let me give you, there's a number of reasons for this. But let me give you one. Let's just say, it's just a Jim Del Campo corny illustration. Let's just say, you, you guys know if you come to church here, you know that I love Olivia's tacos, her homemade hot sauce, her guacamole from the avocados off our tree in the backyard. Some of you saw those, one of the avocados, um, the first message in the current series. But let's say she calls me and she says, I got tacos tonight got all the stuff it's like okay here we go but I get off work and as I'm leaving work I, I see a big bag of Skittles which is always in Pastor Charlie Headley's office big bag of Skittles and I say let me I'm gonna take that bag of Skittles and I get in my car to drive home and I'm just downing Skittles in my car as I'm driving and I think now nah, I gotta get some gas and so I stole over pull over to get gas and I go in the convenience store in there at the gas station and I go oh, they have Twinkies here and let's say I buy four packages of Twinkies, which means eight Twinkies. And as I'm driving, I'm skittling it out, and I'm Twinkie. I'm down on eight Twinkies, having a great old time. But I didn't leave there without something to drink. And I got myself a big old Icy or Slurpee or whatever it is. Big one. And I'm just, man, I'm skittling, I'm twinkying, and I'm Icying on the way home. Man, once I get to my house and I walk in the door and Olivia's got the tacos on the table and the guacamole and the hot sauce, you think I'll want to eat it? For, no, I won't want to eat it. Why? I filled up on all the junk. I filled up on so much junk, the good stuff doesn't even appeal to me. I think that's the problem. I think we fill up on so much junk. Too much junk. Now, whether it's through television, I'm not against television. Whether it's through social media, I'm not against social media. I use them all. But you better be careful. And you better watch how much. 
Be careful how much. Because pretty soon, we're going to fill up this cargo ship with all the wrong stuff, and we're not going to want the right stuff. you got to be careful. you got, you got to be careful, Christians. Now, the second thing I want to point out today from Paul is this. Our knowledge of God must translate into practical obedience. Now, watch verse 10, what it says. So that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, to please Him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work. Oh, you should be doing good works, Christian. And increasing in the knowledge of God. That's a loaded verse right there, but let's get back to the issue of what I said. Our knowledge of God must translate into practical obedience. He says, walk in a way that pleases God. Practical obedience. In other words, you just can't get head knowledge. Look, there's a few Christians here and there. You'll run into them. It's just more head knowledge. Give me more knowledge. Give me, give me the deeper things. Give me the deeper things. Let me tell you right now, we don't stumble in the deep things. We stumble in the basics. Some people just want more knowledge. And you know the old statement, they're so heavenly minded, they're no earthly good because it's just a bunch of knowledge. It needs to translate to practical daily application. Jesus said these words. He said, if you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. It must translate to everyday life. You know how many people I've counseled, long-term Christians, solid in the church, and their home life is a wreck? Because it doesn't translate. Just a bunch of words, just a bunch of information. Jesus didn't come to give you information. He came to give you life, and that more abundantly. But it will not happen without a translation into action based on those words. Why do you think he tells Joshua, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall be careful to meditate on it day and night, and be careful to do all that is written therein. Then you'll have success, then you'll be prosperous. Why do you saying, look, the word of God, you study it, but you got to live it. you got to walk in these things. Practicality, okay? you got to walk in the practice of it. Let me reemphasize something. People say, the Word of God, I mean, God's not speaking to me. Read it. Just read the New Testament. Read the Gospels. It'll speak to you. It'll tell you where you need to, how you need to live. It'll tell you where you need to be corrected. It promises to do that, if you want to be honest with yourself. Now, the third thing I want to say <coughs> today is this. Our knowledge of God must translate into Christian character. Mm. Look at verse 11 and 12 of chapter 1. Strengthened with all power according to His glorious might for the attaining of all steadfastness and patience, joyously giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. Woo! That was pretty good right there, guys. Now, notice, or let me reiterate what he said. Steadfastness, patience, joy, thanksgiving. Once the cargo ship, our life is filling up with the Word of God and practical application, hmm, these character qualities follow. Steadfast, patient, joy, a heart of thanksgiving, you go back earlier in the chapter from last week, we find out that this Word of God bears fruit in our life, the fruit of the Spirit. Now, I want to take you down quickly through the road 
of the fruit of the Spirit. So if you have your Bibles or you have, turn to Galatians chapter 5. I'm going to turn there. It's just two books to the left, two letters to the left. Galatians 5. Now watch this. Because we're talking about fruit of the Spirit. The Word of God should result in Christian character. Watch. First I'm going to go through the um, works of the flesh. These are the bad things. Then we'll get to the fruit of the Spirit. Okay? Verse 19 of Galatians 5. I'm going to read to verse 25. Now the deeds of the flesh, the bad stuff, are evident, which are... Immorality, that's pornea, that's anything, any kind of sex outside of marriage. Bad. Impurity, now that has to do also with impure sexual speech, like sexual innuendo jokes. Sensuality, that's a big one today. Christians violate this all the time. You incite lust in someone else that cannot be satisfied in a godly manner. Think of how you dress, ladies. Do you incite lust? And you may say, well, that's a, the guy's problem. He doesn't need to look. Really? They're all going to look. It's a fallen world, remember? And you should walk in the right ways pleasing God. Then, verse 20, idolatry. I think we know what that is. Sorcery, that's pharmakia. That's the use of, sexual, of, of drugs and toxicants. We should not be involved in any kind of intoxicants whatsoever in any way. Enmities, which is hatred. Strife, we know that one. Jealousy, which means you want it for yourself. Somebody else has it. No, I want it for me. Outbursts of anger. We see too much of that these days on the streets of our cities and in our families and everywhere else. Disputes, dissensions. Dissension means disunion. We're dividing. We're always dividing. We, all our media does is divide us, in case you haven't figured that one out yet. Factions. <clears throat> um, factions may basically choose an opinion and my, my faction is this side and that's it. Envying. Um, drunkenness. Drunkenness has to do with being impaired in any way. You, Christians, you, you drink, it doesn't affect me. Do you slightly feel it? Well, just slightly. You're impaired. That's what, that's what it's talking about. That's what it's telling you. Don't do this. Carousing. These are people that get drunk and they're carousing around and making fools of everything and themselves. And then he says this, And things like these of which I forewarn you, just as I have forewarned you, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. <laughs> Yikes. I didn't say it. Paul says this. I didn't say it. I would take it serious. Now, verse 22, let's get to the good stuff. The fruit of the Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. In other words, if you just practice these, you wouldn't even have to worry about obeying laws because you would naturally obey Him because you'd be living by the fruit of the Spirit. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Mm, 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 mm. I love those verses. 
Live by the Spirit. This is the, this is the character qualities that we should be growing in our life. Love is at the top of the game. A couple weeks ago, out of the blue, out of the blue, a friend of mine from high school texts me, and we communicate now and then, not a lot. And he was um, texting me about physical problems his mom is going through, and he's been taking care of her. He had to move to another city, not far away, but to another city from where he lives. And he's caring for her, like a good son should, you know, because he's a good son. But he needed to vent to someone. And this is what he asked me. Is this God's plan? Because he was just, at, for the moment, he was at wit's end, frustrated. He just needed to vent, and he goes, is this God's plan? I told him a couple things. I said, first off, I said, you know, Jesus wore a crown of thorns. Why should we always expect just a crown of roses, just roses without the thorns? No, we're not guaranteed easy life. This whole, whoever preaches that stuff, you need to just stop. I mean, it didn't turn out good for John the Baptist and Jesus was crucified. I think that's kind of rough. Then I added, <clears throat> instead of wondering if this is God's plan, why don't you look at it, flip it around and say, God, what are you trying to grow in me through these difficult circumstances in my life? And then I added, are you reading the New Testament to keep your mind right? I'll ask you, are you reading the New Testament to keep your mind right? See, the Word of God, as you read it, study, taught it by the right teachers, coupled with life experiences and difficulties, if you play it right, it will produce fruit of the Spirit. You'll be filled with that stuff. Otherwise, it's just the deeds of the flesh, the fruit of the flesh. David is running from the city. His son has overthrown him, and David doesn't want a, a civil war inside the city and innocent people get killed. So he's leaving. This is King David in the Old Testament. As he's leaving, a man named Shimei, who really hates David, he's sitting up on the berm of a hill walking along as David and his men are leaving on horseback, and he's just yelling at David and kicking dirt and throwing rocks and all kinds of ugly things. And David's men say, shall we kill this guy? And David says, no, leave him alone. Maybe God is using him for some reason. You know, if I was David, I would have said, kill that guy right now. But not David. David has been um, reworked and transformed by hard circumstances in life. He's got love and peace and patience and joy. He doesn't retaliate when he easily could have. He's got self-control and meekness. He's got the power to kill the man, but he chooses not to. It's power under control is what meekness is. That's a real adult. And that's what we need to be walking in. That's the character of God being developed in the Word of God as life experiences invade our life and we grow. Does that make sense? Why do you think some of your marriages after 30 years are so powerfully strong? Because you've been through so much together. Why do you think some of your friendships are so strong after 20 years and 20 years? Because you've been through things together. It cements things. It makes them stronger. Now, the fourth thing is this I want to say, and that's live like a had-been. Now, what do you mean a had-been? You mean a has-been? No, a had-been. Look at verse 13, 14, and really great verses, but he says, look, 
Paul says, For He rescued us from the domain of darkness, He meaning Jesus, and transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved Son. I love that. In whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Now, <clears throat> we're going to go back and start next week with these two verses because there's a lot in there. Um, but I want you to notice that we've been rescued from the domain of darkness, transferred from there to the kingdom of Jesus Christ. We had been that, but now we are this. You see, when Abraham is called of God in Genesis, understand Abraham was an idol worshiper. He becomes the first Hebrew. You know what Hebrew means? It means to cross over. He crossed over the Fertile Crescent, Euphrates River, crossed over into what's now we know as the Promised Land, Israel. He crossed over from being an idol worshiper to a worshiper of God. He had been this, but now he's now this. He's transferred. So were you, so was I. Jesus crosses the Sea of Galilee, violent storm, Mark chapter 5. We know the storm has some kind of spiritual entity, identity to it by the way Jesus speaks to it. We know it's a demonic storm put forth by the enemy himself to try to kill Jesus, stop Jesus in the water there. Hmm. But Jesus makes it to the other side. Because there's one man, there's one man on the other side that's filled with demons. Legion. Jesus comes up there. Long story short, this man is just beating himself up because you know, the devil hates us. He hates us. He'll do anything for us to destroy ourselves, destroy ourselves physically, mutilate our body. He'll do all of it. Anytime you see stuff like that, just know the devil's involved. Jesus casts a demon out of the guy. The demons go in the pigs. The pigs run in the water. You know the story, some of you. And then Mark writes this. It says, The man who had been demon-possessed was asking Jesus if he could go with him. I love that part of the kingdom of God. The man had been, but now he wasn't. The man had been, but now he wasn't. You and I had been this. Oh, but we were rescued from the domain of darkness. And we were transferred to the kingdom of his beloved son, Jesus Christ. And now when people meet us, they wonder what happened. Well, we had been this, but now we're this. Never forget that you received the transfer of a lifetime to the kingdom of His beloved Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. We'll stop here. Pick it up next time. Have a great day. Thank you for joining us. If you have any questions or need prayer, please send us an email to hello at nbcc.com. We'd love it if you would subscribe to this podcast and take a second to rate it. Until then, we'll see you next time.